Fusion, the international science radio show. We have a bouncer on the doors of perception. <laughs> the good, the bad, the ugly. It gets pretty exciting. The myths, the truths. Toxicology. Astro seismology. Magnetism. The dark side. Genetically engineered potatoes. Planetoid. Planetoid. I love that word. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to Diffusion. Sit back and relax while we inject weird and wonderful science directly into your genes. I'm Ian Wolfe. On this edition, the final part three of the Bright Sparks Challenge. Fresh scientists perform haiku and limericks about their science. But first, here's news of Meltdown Spectre and preparation for nuclear detonation. All your computers are unprotected. Google Project Zero announced last week that all central processing unit chips made by Intel for laptops and desktops in the last 20 years, most AMD chips for desktops, laptops and graphics cards, and some of the ARM chips used in phones are vulnerable to two similar security holes called Spectre and Meltdown. If you use the cheap Raspberry Pi or the ancient Spark workstations that use RISC chips, then you're safe. Both of the security exploits can only be triggered by a hacker tricking you into executing malicious software on your computer or phone, unless they break in some other way and run it for you. Modern computer chips are made faster by a clever trick called speculative execution. You can speed up computers by executing instructions in parallel on extra cores instead of only executing one instruction at a time. However, when you have a decision branch, something like if X then do Y, or else if A then do B, then normally you would have to wait until the if statement was evaluated before knowing whether the program required the computer to do instruction Y or instruction B. With speculative execution, the computer doesn't have to wait, it will do both Y and B in parallel with the decision statement. If it happens that at the end of the IF decision the result was X, then the result of Y is ready to go, and the B result is thrown away. Or if the decision was A, then the B result is ready, and the Y result is thrown away. It saves on the waiting time. The problem is that it turns out that malicious software can access the results that are meant to be thrown away, which can give an attacker access to all of your files. To stop Meltdown being a problem involves changing how memory is managed between application software and the operating system by introducing extra steps to check if the program has permission for the data it's accessing. Taking extra steps every time application software asks the operating system to do something slows down the computer. Making Spectre less of a problem requires turning off speculative execution altogether, which gets rid of all those speed increases. Microsoft, Apple, Google, and the Linux community are working on the release of security updates to their operating systems to fix this. The problem is that this fix is predicted to slow some applications down by up to a third. This includes all of the cloud-based applications that use virtual machines on Amazon servers. 
The Mozilla Foundation has released an update to its Firefox browser that fixes the speculative execution problem already. You can download that now. We may all switch to graphics card chips and Raspberry Pis. Android phones are particularly at risk because most phones never get updated more than a few times by the manufacturer before they abandon it. If you have an Android phone that's no longer supported with Android updates, you can still get the security updates when they're incorporated into open source Android. But it will take a little skill to install on your phone, or you could pay a phone repair technician to do it for you. There is a class action planning to sue Intel for Meltdown Inspector. This may be the security problem affecting the biggest numbers of computers in history. The advice from security experts for now is for everyone to keep looking for the security updates to your computer's operating system and to apply them right away. Are you ready? The American Centre for Disease Control, the CDC, announced last week a Grand Rounds public health teaching session on surviving a nuclear detonation for the 16th of January 2018. That's the date of the teaching session, not the nuclear detonation. The CDC insists that the training is not being run because of President Trump and King Jong-un's messages about who has the bigger nuclear attack shiny red buttons on their desk, but rather that the CDC have been running this series of courses on nuclear detonation survival since April 2017. And they last ran a similar series of talks in 2010. The upcoming talks include worrying titles like Preparing for the Unthinkable and Roadmap to Radiation Preparedness. You can watch the webcast live from the CDC headquarters in Atlanta on January 16th, and the materials will be posted on the Grand Rounds archive page a few days later that week. The CDC range of nuclear radiation protection videos on YouTube from 2010 include the titles Protective Actions for Radiation Emergencies, Get Inside, Stay Inside, and Stay Tuned. An accident at a nuclear power plant, a nuclear explosion, or a dirty bomb are examples of radiation emergencies. If a radiation emergency happens nearby, immediately leaving the area may not be the best course of action. Instead, emergency response officials may tell you to get inside the building and take shelter for a period of time. This is called sheltering in place. In this segment, you will learn how to get inside, stay inside, and stay tuned to protect yourself and your family. And if that fails, there's protective actions for radiation emergencies, self-decontamination. If you're outside in an area when a radiation emergency happens, you could be contaminated with radioactive material. Radioactive material can fall from the air and land on people, buildings, roads, cars, and other objects. This is called contamination. Contamination may look like dust or sand, or it may be too small to see. Radioactive contamination can spread in the same way that dust or mud can be tracked into the home or spread to another person or object. It's important to get radioactive contamination off your body as soon as you can to lower your risk of harm. Removing contamination is called decontamination. One of the best ways to decontaminate yourself is to take a shower. 
If you can't do that, remove your outer layer of clothing and wash your hands and face. Of course, there's always the 1951 classic Cold War instructional video. There was a turtle by the name of Bert, and the turtle was very alert. When danger threatened him, he never got hurt. He knew just what to do. He ducked and covered. Ducked and covered. He did what we all must learn to do. You and you and you and you duck and cover. Be sure and remember what Bert the Turtle just did, friends, because every one of us must remember to do the same thing. That's what this film is all about. Duck and cover. This is an official civil defense film produced in cooperation with the Federal Civil Defense Administration and in consultation with the Safety Commission of the National Education Association. Produced by Archer Productions, Incorporated. That's why these children are practicing to duck and cover just as you do in your school. We all know the atomic bomb is very dangerous. Since it may be used against us, we must get ready for it just as we are ready for many other dangers that are around us all the time. First, you have to know what happens when an atomic bomb explodes. You will know when it comes. We hope it never comes, but we must get ready. It looks something like this. There is a bright flash, brighter than the sun, brighter than anything you've ever seen. If you are not ready and did not know what to do, it could hurt you in different ways. It could knock you down hard, or throw you against a tree or a wall. It is such a big explosion, it can smash in buildings and knock signboards over and break windows all over town. But if you duck and cover like Bert, you will be much safer. You know how bad sunburn can feel. The atomic bomb flash could burn you worse than a terrible sunburn, especially where you're not covered. Now, you and I don't have shells to crawl into like Bert the turtle, so we have to cover up in our own way. First, you duck, and then you cover. And very tightly, you cover the back of your neck and your face. Duck and cover underneath a table or desk or anything else close by. In August 2017, amid escalating nuclear rhetoric from North Korea, Guam's Homeland Security and Officer Civil Defense released a two-page fact sheet about what to do in the case of a nuclear event. In December 2017, Hawaii started monthly testing of a nuclear warning siren system, the first such test since the end of the Cold War. Duck and cover. Don't wait. Duck away from the windows fast. The glass may break and fly through the air and cut you. Sundays, holidays, vacation time, we must be ready every day, all the time, to do the right thing if the atomic bomb explodes. Duck and cover. Remember what to do, friends. Now tell me right out loud. What are you supposed to do when you see the flash? Duck and cover. 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 Send emails to science at diffusionradio.com. We're brought to you across Australia on the Community Radio Network and podcast over the internet on www.diffusionradio.com. Neil Byrne is the creative director of Science in Public, 
helping scientists present their ideas to the public in plain English. The fresh scientists by this stage have had three days of training, they've been interviewed on radio, TV and in print, they've explained their research on a stage in the 45 seconds it takes a sparkler to burn down. Now they're reading their poetry about their research. Neil Byrne is your Master of Ceremonies, and our next fresh scientist is Mohammed Tashani from the University of Sydney, with a poem about his pneumonia vaccine work. There once was a baby who got vaxxed, so his immune response was maxed. He grew up to be healthy, and then quite wealthy, so the government then got him taxed. (laughs) A compelling argument for vaccination. (laughs) Any surprises for you in the last couple of days? Yeah. I have to avoid jargon when I speak to media, all the people, so I can't just keep throwing scientific terms. I have to make everything simple and I have to, re- to rehearse the timing. So one of the things we, we sort of say in Fresh Science, we look for people who've got early career, uh, no more than five years past PhD, who have got an invention and discovery, and we use various wordings of this. I like to say, uh, my version is, who have retained some remnant ability to present their ideas in plain language. And I think you'll agree with me that all of them have shown that that ability is alive and well, and it didn't take a lot of stimulation to to come back out, both in their Bright Sparks presentations and in their um, haikus and limericks. So that's excellent. Thank you very much. And who we got next? Next, Giuliani Morimoto from Macquarie University, talking about his work on fruit flies, gut bacteria and sex. I must say that this is a collaborative project with Amy and Jess. So, have you ever looked at your poo? If you have, you might have a clue. Who to choose next, with whom to have sex, so yo, don't flush that turd on the loo. (laughs) That is all class. (laughs) Yo, I was going to do the mic, but yeah. That was my, yo, that was all I contributed. All the rest was Amy and Jess, yeah. (laughs) It is, see, there you go. You made the original discovery, which was the inspiration. Yeah, true. Oh, that's secondary. Um, yeah. What are you taking away from the last couple of days? Oh, several things. I mean, science communication one is hard. It's harder than I thought. One thing that someone said that you can't pitch the same pitch to different audience, to different places. It, that's that's. I think the main message that I'm going to get. It's not simply because you're communicating science that you communicate that you know, in the same way to all the audiences. I think that's the main lesson. Thank you. Oh, yes. See? There you go. Mission accomplished. And a seventh Nobel Prize, perhaps, in due course. Yes. (laughs) So Fruit Flies, comedy made earlier, uh, with this year's Nobel Prize, I think it was actually several science journalists pointed out that 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 was the sixth Nobel Prize going to work that has essentially been done in Fruit Flies. You will recall that the Alaskan governor, whose name I forget, sorry, thank you, Palin, um, at one time criticised, when she was getting stuck into the feds in the Obama era, criticised the NIH for the ridiculous amount of money it was spending on researching fruit fly, because no one had bothered to tell her 
force you not bother to work out that these fruit flies actually kind of tell us useful stuff. What have we got? Next up, Xufen Ling from Charles Sturt University about forensic verification of digital photos and videos. A photo has a signature. It makes a unique picture. If you're a criminal, beware. I got something to say that will scare. We will catch you no matter your feature. For you, what have you learned from the last couple of days? Everything. Um, how to sell your ideas and discovery within 45 seconds. And you can't use the same way to deliver to different audience. And seeing different people open eyes. Yeah, that's what I learned in these two days. Excellent. That's good. And you, I think also you've got a your your in your business pitch was so successful. You may in fact in have a lead there from somebody who wants to help you with developing yeah. a business case. Yeah. So we don't promise that from Fresh Science, but that might be a, a useful side outcome. Now, what we have now is the judges will confer briefly. For this evening, we have a bottle of wine for the best Bright Sparks and a bottle of wine for the best uh, poem. And... We have a slight complication. We also want one of our previous fresh scientists to relive their bright spark. <laughs> However, he's also a member of our judging panel. Well, well then, pop up, you can do that first. And then perhaps we can do, um, and then and Su we'll Susanna can, can... And then we'll judge yeah. while you eat cake. Yes. Because we have a cake. This is the 20th year of fresh science. One step at a time. Come on up, Michael. <laughs> Michael from UTS. Well, you can make up a new one. <laughs> oh, oh, I should give you a sparkler as well, just to give you the whole, whole experience. Did Fresh Science last year? Yep. Year 19. By 2050, it's been suggested the number of deaths from bacteria that are antibiotic resistant will be more than the number caused by cancer. And that'll be at 10 million, uh, 10 million a year. So we're looking at research to how bacteria actually survive antibiotics and our immune system. And so my work is looking at cleavage. And so what I mean by cleavage is that it's a mechanism where bacteria multiply the tools they have to cause disease and defend themselves. So if we don't find something soon, just like this sparkler, we're going to run out of time against our fight against them. Um, thank you. Um, what are you looking at? Where are you looking? Um, so the bacteria I'm looking in is called Mycoplasmoniae. So that's why I asked, what was that vaccine on pneumonia? Because um, it's the second biggest cause of pneumonia in people. Yeah. How far do you think you're away from? Um, so I've just found that they do have this cleavage. So now we just have to, my next step of research is to find out how we can actually stop this cleavage from happening. And then maybe hopefully find a vaccine from there. So probably 15, 20 years, we okay. quite a while. And how, has Fresh Chance your experience? Your training last year, has that helped you? Yeah, immensely. Um, so just pretty much what's been said today, just um, breaking down your story, your research, and pitching to different people. So thinking about your audience and see how best you can relate to them um, and get your story across. Excellent. Good. Now, if, thank you very much. If you could head off and join the judges and uh, suss out who's getting the bottle of wine, we will also choose an overall winner from Fresh Science looking at their progress across the, across the two days. 
as uh, Tony mentioned, it is in fact the 20th Fresh Science. We started in 98, I think in July of 98, at Jeff's Shed. And originally we trained 16 people over three days. And then after a few years, we kind of realised that there was just a whole lot of great science. We were getting so many nominations, we thought, let's see if we can do this in every state. Instead of flying everyone to Melbourne, let's go find you in your home territory. And so now we do, uh, we train 10 people in each of the major, major state capitals. So that's 50 people a year. So over the years, we have pushed a good number of people through the system and seen many of them grow, on, grow into positions of leadership. Um, within research, and some of them, we've nudged them on the way to their TV stardom as well. So, Tony's terribly proud of this beautiful little thing she did there. She organised from the interwebs, Fresh Science 20. Let's light the cake, and then we have some cake for you all. Tony Stevens, our Chief of Staff and Primary Organiser of Fresh Science 2017 which we made her do without any experience of organising the previous 19. Uh, and she's done a phenomenal job. Uh, amazing collection of freshies and has worked really well. So thank you very much. <laughs> Including buying cake. So please, uh, we'll just get the results and then come and uh, have a piece of this yummy cake. Yes, wine. And okay. Okay, um, so we had a fun on the judging committee, listening to all of your bright sparks and poems, and um, I, I think I, I'm also going to award a most improved, but we'll have to work out what to give our most improved, because that's been over the course of Fresh Science, but... Uh, we can give them a... I'll use this one, I think the battery's running low on that one, so let's drop on that one. The winners are... For our Bright Spark, we loved hearing about fruit flies and why Tinder dates need to look at each other's poo. Giuliano, come on up. <laughs> Are you a red or white wine drinker? White. There you go. Congratulations. Thank you. Well done. Thank you. See, fruit flies matter. They do. People like it. They very much do. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and hopefully our next recipient will enjoy some red wine. Um, I personally know I need to keep out of the sun, but I think we all now have a great poem in our head to remind us why we should stay out of the sun this summer. So Rebecca, pull us from UNSW. Here is your bottle of Hunter Valley Shiraz. Thank you very much, and I do like red wine. Excellent, and it doesn't cause cancer, I promise. Good. <laughs> Cool. Slip, slap, slap. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Well done. <laughs> uh, am I allowed to award a most improved? Go on. Okay. Give them some sparklers because we're not allowed to take them home. <laughs> Shoot. Um, Chu Feng from CSU, we have been spending three days trying to get you to say digital fingerprint, and today you did. Yay! <laughs> Very close runner-up in, in both the Bright Spark and also the poetry. So, good job. Well done. Thank you very much. Yeah. And we'll, we, we'll have a prize for you later. Cake! <laughs> I, I invented an award. So, you're, you're the... Well done. Thank you very much. <laughs>
that and that concludes the formal part of Fresh Science 2017 here in New South Wales. You will hear about the work of the Freshies uh, that we published online, social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all that stuff that I don't understand. You heard presentations from Muhammad Dashani from the University of Sydney on vaccines, Shufen Lin from Charles Sturt University on digital photoforensics, Giuliano Morimato from Macquarie University on fruit flies, gut bacteria, and sex. Rebecca Poulos from the University of New South Wales with slip, slop, slap, and slide. And Michael Wijaja from the University of Technology, Sydney with cleavage distraction. And thanks to Neil Byrne and his fresh scientists performing the 2017 New South Wales Bright Sparks Challenge. And that's all from us this week on Diffusion. Would you like to hear your voice on radio? Record a voice memo on your phone or use the voicemail tab on the website. We need more people contributing stories to Diffusion. Send your contributions, opinions, helpful suggestions and donations to science at diffusionradio.com. That's science at diffusionradio.com. And please do send me an email so I know you're listening and you'd like to hear more episodes. Please like the Diffusion Science Radio page on Facebook and rate us on iTunes. Tell your friends. Follow me on Twitter at Ian Wolf. Join my patrons in supporting the show at patreon.com slash diffusionradio. The news music was Rhinos Theme by Kevin MacLeod of Incompetech.com. Sound check and fact checking was by Charles Willock. I produce Diffusion, which is broadcast around Australia, to 27 stations on the community radio network, including 2RBM in the Blue Mountains of New South Wales, 8CCC in Alice Springs and Tennant Creek, 2NVR in Nambucca Valley, and 3NBR in the Mallee Border Districts of Victoria and South Australia. Diffusion is syndicated globally on the National Science Foundation's Science360 internet radio station and also on astronomy.fm. Subscribe to the podcast on the Diffusion website, www.diffusionradio.com. That's www.diffusionradio.com. And check the website for links, photos and videos about this week's show. If you enjoyed the show, you can explore more than 900 previous episodes archived on diffusionradio.com, where the shows are labelled by keywords so you can focus in on the stories you want to hear. Subscribe to the Diffusion YouTube channel, at youtube.com slash c slash diffusion radio. I'm Ian Wolfe. Join us inside your audio device of choice for more science wondering next week on Diffusion Science Radio. Science is fun. It helps you to learn, to know, and to appreciate. When you study science, you may go on field trips. You discover the marvelous interrelationships between all living things. You learn to read the history of the earth as it is written in rocks and fossils. You find out what makes things tick, everything from a molecule to a living organism. In the study of science is found the most useful and satisfying knowledge of man, knowledge of his physical world, its past, its present, and its future. And in your moments of relaxation, now and in the years to come, you will find the study of science leading you into fascinating pursuits, photography, collecting. Why study science? Study science because you will find in the study of science a richer, more rewarding life.